Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. We are looking at places in the scripture that show the gospel. Now, the Bible has the gospel infused throughout all of the living word, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I was inspired to do this. Lord put this on my heart, I believe, for some reasons I may never know, but certainly the reasons I do know is number one, people may have trouble finding the gospel in, in the Bible, uh, especially if they were trying to talk to a friend about it. And so this is going to give you a quick um, look at that. And then also, too, I'm going to go in depth and show you a lot of verses that look to the gospel or help explain the gospel or give context to the gospel. Uh, and then I'm going to share some Old Testament verses as well. On top of that, I believe that there's some people that for some reason don't know uh, that the gospel is this explicitly explained in the scriptures. And by just showing, I've got six pages here of just showing the scriptures, okay? Bear with me. I know you may want to stop uh, uh, watching this message or listening to this message, but just bear with me for a minute. As we go through these scriptures, you'll be blessed to see how clear the gospel is explained in the Bible. And finally, there are some that say that Christ didn't die for our sins, that this substitutionary death is not accurate. And I think after going through these scriptures, there'll be no doubt, hopefully, Lord willing, there'll be no doubt in your mind that it is 100% accurate that Christ died for our sins and paid a sin debt we could not pay. And so let's get into it here. In the New Testament, the clearest example, as I've been taught and as I've researched and as I've seen in my years of studying the Bible, is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 helps us understand the gospel, as Paul writes, that he was preaching, that he received, uh, that if you're saved, this is what you need to understand, uh, that if you have to believe, you know, if you believed in this and it wasn't in vain, then you are saved, right? And to believe in it in vain would be like to not understand it or to not really believe it and say you believe it, which many people, you have to wonder if that happens to them, if they have a salvation experience other than understanding clearly what this is. Uh, and then it goes into it in verse three of first Corinthians 15. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So if you don't know the gospel, this is a summary of what Christ did for us. And you're saying, Brother Clark, can the gospel be described in two verses? Yeah, it's that simple and that profound that a 
triple PhD or whoever could spend their entire life trying to figure this out and not discover it. And at the same time, it's so simple that our uh, five-year-old, our six-year-old, they're, they're starting to wrap their head around it. They're starting to understand the idea of sin and the idea that a savior came to die for their sins and that God himself uh, resurrected that savior on the third day, according to the scriptures. And by the way, that savior is God. And so it's both complex and simple. And here the clearest example is in first Corinthians 15, one through four. Now to get to the meat of the issue, if you are not saved and you want to be saved, let's look at Romans road. And how about if you know someone you want to witness to, right? Let's look at Romans road because Romans road gets to kind of the human aspect, the meat of the issue why it's relevant for us, why we need to be saved, right? So this just is more of like historically Paul saying, here's the gospel, here's what happened in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Whereas Romans Road is saying, here's why you need to be saved, right? And this is how most people are saved, which is no coincidence that God has people plant the seeds and reach out to people, but in the end, he saves. And how does he save? He saves through his word, amen? So Romans three twenty three: for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God which simply means that this is a, a blanket issue. This is something that all encounter. Nobody is too good to be saved and no one's too bad. They can't be saved. This also means that our works don't mean anything. Like if we are, you know, uh, helping a lot of people and giving to charity and we're really nice and loving and so forth, it doesn't mean anything for all have sinned, for all have sinned. And if you want to know biblically how that's recorded in Adam and Eve, in the book of Genesis, they eat of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, and ever since then, sin has entered the world. It's that simple. It's hereditary. It's passed down from generation to generation. I've heard great men of God say, we don't sin because we have a pension for sin. We sin because we're sinners, right? It's like in our blood, amen? It's who we are. And so we see Romans 3.23 points this out. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is that holiness where he cannot stand sin. He's a holy God, and he requires a payment for that sin debt because it is against who he is. And what are the wages of sin? What's the cost of sin? What is the reward for sin, if you want to look at it that way? You know, you go to work, and you work for a wage. So you're doing something, and you earn something. So what do we earn for sin? Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How beautiful is that? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in Romans 3.23, we learn the problem. In Romans 6.23, we learn the consequence of the problem and a solution to the problem. That's amazing. Again, God, people will say, oh, you can't understand the Bible or it's too complicated for you. You need to go to seminary and all these things. Nothing against seminary, but it looks pretty clear to me that we have a problem and we have a solution. And God gave us that solution in the person of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we see in Romans 5, 8, that it was God's love that sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us on the cross. And he did this while we were yet sinners. And so if we understand the principle of sin, being at the Bible word would be enmity or warfare with God, okay? So if we're literally at warfare with God, we're his enemy. We are at war with God because we're sinners, right? And God loved us so much in that while we were sinners, while we were yet at war with him, he sent his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, to die for us. 
Now, Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we see in Romans 10, 9, the resolution for the problem that we saw in Romans 3, 23, that all had fallen short of the glory of God, all have, all have sinned. Romans 10, 9 tells us that if we confess Jesus and believe in our heart, what does that mean to believe in your heart? It means you sincerely believe. You're applying it to your heart. It's important. It's not something you're taking for granted. Amen? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if we believe in our heart, what do we believe? That God hath raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13 explains to us that there's no qualification beyond calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. There's nothing else we need to do. There's nothing else we have to do. And guess what? Romans 8, 1, there is not, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So think about it. We Once we're saved, we are no longer un, under condemnation. We are no longer at war with God. We've been reconciled to God by his great love. And what that means is we are no longer under uh, any kind of um, condemnation from God. We are saved. What are we saved from? We're saved from a real hell. We're saved from real judgment by God. We're saved from everlasting flames in hell. And we are saved to a close relationship with God, a reconciliation with God, a peace with God. We're saved to his heaven. Romans 8, 38 through 39 gives us the idea of eternal security, that we're always saved once we believe on Christ. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what that means is that nothing can take away our salvation once we're saved. Once saved, always saved. Now you say, well, how about that person that got saved and then lived their entire life in sin? Well, I have a question. If they were saved, they had to believe in their heart that Jesus died for them. They had to believe and make him Lord of their life, right? Then they live in sin their whole life. What are their fruits? The Bible says by their fruits, you'll know them. You know, what are their actions speaking? Because actions speak louder than words. They may have said one thing. Maybe they truly didn't believe. But for those that have believed and have fallen into sin, you can confess your sins to God. And he's faithful and just to forgive you those sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the idea of sanctification. So God has built in a mechanism through the person of Christ Jesus to both save us and then as we mess up, to sanctify us and that he forgives us. We don't need any man or anyone to mediate for us other than Christ. And so Christ is our savior. He's our sanctifier. And the Bible clearly tells us that not one that are truly saved will he lose. And so that is Romans Road. For time's sake, I have to start to wrap it up. And you know, I don't want to, if you know me, you don't, I don't want to, I've got plenty more to tell you about here in the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ that's throughout all of the Bible. But I want you to think on this for a minute. Why did God put this in the scriptures? Because he loves you and he does not want you to meet an eternal 
doom to be in hell, hellfire for eternity, because hell is real. It's a real place. Amen. The Bible makes that clear. As I understand it in the Bible, there's more about hell than there is about heaven. Hell is a real place. And it's for those people that don't accept this gospel. The one that is in first Corinthians 15, one through four, the one that so clearly outlined it through Romans road. And so I want you to understand that it's God's love for you his love for you, that he's given you this gospel so that you'll accept Christ as Savior and that you'll be born again and that you'll be with him forever in heaven. And the Bible says uh, the great things about heaven, amen, and how wonderful it'll be. But I, I encourage you to be saved if you haven't been saved yet. Accept Christ as Savior. And if you're listening to this saying, Brother Clark, I've already been saved, then why not share this with a friend? I've got the entire message, 44 minutes of it, where I go through all, uh, not all, but many of the New Testament scriptures on the gospel and several Old Testament scriptures. I even have a video uh, of me doing it, having the text there of me highlighting the text and talking about it. And it's at uh, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe. That's where you can go and view the entire video and share it. That's what my wife did. She shared it with somebody uh, that she wants to hear the gospel. And I was so blessed by that. And, and I'm telling you, this this can work because it's not, um, you know, it's not too boisterous. It's not too um, flamboyant. It's something that, they, that people can look at and understand and say, okay, I see the repetition. I see God's work. I see God's plan. And that's what we're after here today. So I thank you so much for listening to this. Again, think about how you can apply it to your own life. Think about how the Bible makes this such a priority and this is God's priority. And then think about sharing it with others and being a blessing to others as you've been blessed. Amen. If someone shared the gospel with you, it's time to share it with them. Amen. And we've got a great resource there at facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe. I thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.